The fabulous 413 podcast is funded by Northeast Solar, offering solar options, energy security, and solutions for the local community. Learn more at northeast-solar.com. Welcome to the fabulous 413. I'm Monty Belmonte. Smith. Later in the show, we'll pit two wines against each other in a pit of flames as we once again enter the Tina Turner Memorial Wine Thunderdome with the folks of State Street Wine and Spirits in Northampton to find a good match for grilled foods. And it's Bandcamp Friday. Whoops, wait a minute. Hold on. It's Live Music Friday with the Fawns, who will be performing at the Florence Civic Center next week. But it is Bandcamp Friday, too, so you you know. But first. Hey, good job at the teacher recognition, by the way. It's so funny when you were like, because I did say it to myself. I was like, oh, it's Mr. Worldwide. (laughs) 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 And you go up there, you start speaking, no, I'm not Mr. Worldwide. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Secretary of Education there would say, who did he say he looked like? Vince Wilfork or something like that from the Patriots? (laughs) And I was like, all right, I'm going to up the ante here and tell him I look like Pitbull. I acknowledge it. Holyoke is the city with the largest per capita population of Puerto Ricans outside of the island of Puerto Rico. And Holyoke is celebrating this weekend with the Fiestas Patronales de Holyoke, part of the year-long celebration commemorating the 150th anniversary of the city of Holyoke. And joining us is the first ever Puerto Rican mayor of Holyoke, Joshua Garcia, as well as Melvin Sanchez, chair of the Fiestas Patronales Committee. Welcome. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us today. I know the festival began last night and goes through the weekend. And uh, Mayor Josh, you you were there last night. Tell us what you experienced uh, on night one of the Fiestas Patronales de Holyoke. Oh, nothing but pride and excitement and uh, all, just all around great time. Uh, just historically, too, for it to be a, a first night, it was uh, it ex- far exceeded my expectations for sure. I don't know if you felt the same way, Melvin. Absolutely. I think over over the years of all the different uh, Hispanic events that have been done in the city of Holyoke, this was by far the largest audience that we've ever gotten on a Thursday night. How many people are we talking about? That's a good question. We we throw a bunch of numbers around. Sometimes. <laughs> we call it the radio roundup. Yeah, there were like a radio billion roundup. people there. But no, about- I think honestly, I think we 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 estimate. Um, that we probably had about 5,000 people come out last that's, night. That's amazing. That's great for a Thursday, especially. Oh, yeah. yeah, and also, just so that folks are aware, the Fiesta Patronal is, you know, no different than, you know, when we talk about St. Patrick's. There's a there's a religious component to it. Yeah. And so the first night, the committee dedicated the first night, just like they did last year, to the Christian and to the, well, not necessarily to just the Christian, religious. the religious community, the faith community, so that the different churches can come together as one and celebrate the culture and 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 kick off the hey, the hey adam can you for, hear yeah, me so for, those... so for it to be a, a a religious night to have that such a strong uh outcome of folks that came out um was a uh, very humbling yeah for those who don't know what the fiesta de patronal is again, about it's, adam, it's like a festival of the saints, saints at all and so it is a, inherently a religious festival plus i guess right so every town on the island of Puerto Rico has celebrates their own uh, identified saint of that town. Um, and again, similar to St. Patrick's, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're celebrating the contributions of the culture. Um, uh, you're celebrating the municipality uh, with, uh, you know, with activities and, you know, 
kick ended, ended uh, with Adam, can you, can you hear me? Are you hearing um, but me? Throughout those festivities, okay, cool, cool, cool. Have, Sorry, Bar um, was Bar. The, the Catholic faith uh, component. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, every town has Cool, cool, yeah, no problem. Just wanted to make sure um, everything is working. And, and here, the Party on. put a, a, a unique twist, knowing that Hoyoke is not Puerto Rico, we're Hoyoke. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's a particular saint that has a deeper connection to the Holyoke story um, that the committee ran with. And, and we made sure the committee made sure that, you know, not let us not lose sight of um, the importance of having the, the faith component to the celebration. Well, who's the saint? I was about to say, so who, who then is the unofficial patron saint of Holyoke? This year, I think we did uh, La Virgen de Guadalupe. Aha, Guadalupe. La Virgen de Guadalupe. Oh, so it changes. I like that too. Yes, last year we did it a little bit different. And one of the things that the mayor, um, that I want to expand on for the mayor is the fact that the different faiths group that came out and participated last night were not all of the same faith. Mm -hmm. So we had a church that they consider themselves non-denominational. We had a Catholic uh, group that came in um, and did their worship service. And we had a Christian or Pentecostal group that came in and did their worship service. And what was amazing last night, that even though we have these little fractions in terms of religion, you know, they all came together with our, our closing act, Samuel Hernandez. And it was a beautiful, emotional thing to have 5,000 people of faith come out and non-faith come out on a Thursday night in the city of Holyoke in order to participate in what we called worship at the park. All right, that was yesterday, and Samuel Hernandez was the uh, was the headliner. Very uh, popular artists uh, out there in the faith community that the committee was able to bring down to the city of Hoyoke. Today, uh, tomorrow, and Sunday, uh, much different uh, kind of excitement coming into the city. Tell us about some of that. We're and we're speaking with the mayor of Holyoke, Joshua Garcia, the first ever Puerto Rican mayor of Holyoke in this celebration of Puerto Rican culture in that city that has the largest per capita population of Puerto Ricans outside of the island, as well as Melvin Sanchez, chair of the Fiestas Patronales Committee. Who's, who's to expect for tonight and the rest of the weekend? Well, hopefully, if the weather holds out, Josh spoke with Mother Nature this morning, um, and she made a commitment to hold off the rain for as long as possible. Oh, good. And the Virgin, so the Virgen hoping... de Guadalupe is also holding it back, too. So. <laughs> so we're hoping that the mayor has that kind of juice with Mother Nature. Um, but, yeah, tonight we, we have a salsa band opening up, um, Carlos Clinton, and then we have Alex Cabrera, which was a few years ago. There was a America's Got Talent type of show on Telemundo, and this is the winner or uh, from that season who will be here tonight. We have George Lamond, who's going to be coming to sing his freestyle music. Yes, very yeah, different. A little bit of Clubhouse. <laughs> yeah, and then it. we have Ultimo that will come in and do uh, bachata music. For all you dancers out there. Yeah. This is only the second year of the festival. That's a pretty hefty lineup to score for just your second year of doing it. Yes, for us, it's been... Um, it's been really amazing the fact that, that the local businesses have come together in supporting this event. You know, Holyoke Hospital coming in as our platinum sponsor, uh, Wind Properties, uh, Valley Opportunity Council, Holyoke Community College, Gas and Electric. You know, we really got about over 20 sponsors for this event, and it gives us the opportunity to put forth a great, as you said, heavy lineup, 
for our second year. And, and, you know, one of the issues that we have or good problems, if you can say it that way is where do we grow from here? Mm-hmm. Um, doing it in downtown. It's a beautiful space. It highlights city hall in the backdrop at night. But when you, I think we're reaching capacity and the mayor has a big grin on his face when we do this um, because he's bringing folks downtown, which is what we're trying to do in terms of get people come downtown once again and, and walk around, enjoy the park, enjoy the businesses and, and really make it a, a weekend where they could relax and get some free entertainment. That's Melvin Sanchez, who's the chair of the Fiestas Patronales Committee, as well as the mayor of Holyoke, Joshua Garcia. This festival goes on through Sunday. Uh, Either Melvin or Mr. Mayor, uh, you can jump in with answering this question. One of the organizing bodies behind this is Nueva Esperanza. Tell us what the mission is of Nueva and and what it has meant to the city of Holyoke. Nueva Esperanza has been around since uh, the 1980s, and they first uh, established themselves when... Well, at the time, Hoyok had this nickname called the fire capital of the world. We had a lot of burning buildings and fires. Um, and there was one particular fire where it killed a family. And organizers at that time felt like the city wasn't really holding people accountable. You know, you had landlords that were, you know, purposely burning down their buildings for insurance purposes and whatnot. And, and so they felt, you know, the city wasn't really paying attention to this part of the city where it was a high concentration of Puerto Ricans. And so they mobilized and organized um, to create an advocacy um, organization, which later then developed to be a community development organization for about two decades after, you know, they did a lot of uh, housing redevelopment projects, uh, redeveloped old buildings and put them back online onto the city's tax roll. And, and, and today um, the organization continues to be visible out in our community doing all sorts of quality of life projects, events, cultural events, and and making sure that we're, you know, kind of keeping it as a flagship for uh, representation for the community and also uh, leveraging any opportunity there is to help improve the quality of of life in neighborhoods that that they're able to help with. Uh, And Patronales, you know, for a long time, this community has been urging for um something like this to happen and uh, this is more than just a neighborhood block party this is really to the committee including myself um is a statement to the rest of the region and the commonwealth and in some cases even the country or the world that our community is is capable um of organizing something to this extent um and that we're able to do it um, with no issues at all, we can come together and enjoy and have fun. So trying to eliminate that stigma uh, of the Puerto Rican community. And then the, the stigma for our city in general, you got a lot of people that have that, that stigma of don't go there, it's unsafe. And uh, the folks that have experienced this festival last year and even last night, people from everywhere traveling, Connecticut, Rhode Island, traveling from Puerto Rico to come here. Wow. New mm-hmm. York come here for the first time and fall in love with what they see going on in the city. And, and, and that's the statement we're trying to uh, elevate so that we can um, turn the tides here of, of what people think uh, of our community and even our culture. That is the mayor of Holyoke, Holyoke born and bred, 
the first Puerto Rican mayor of Holyoke, Joshua Garcia, talking it about took 150 years. Yeah, talking about Nueva <laughs> Esperanza. Uh, Melvin Sanchez, who's the chair of the Fiestas Patronales Committee and associated with Nueva Esperanza. Anything you want to add about that organization and what it means for the city of Holyoke? One of the things that that Nueva Esperanza is is uh, renewing their focus on is really the arts and cultural stuff. Over the last year, year and a half, you know, there's been an extensive projects of doing the murals. And if you haven't seen the murals in Holyoke, you need to come down um, and take a walking tour. Beyond Walls has done an amazing job in terms of recruiting the different artists from Puerto Rico and from around the the area um, to really highlight and take advantage of these walls that, you know, what will normally be blank canvases and really put a piece of culture and it might not be Hispanic culture and it might not be something, but something modern, modern art. And to expose folks here in the city of Holyoke to that type of artistry, again, it's a testament to the forward looking of Noia Esperanza and the board and the executive director there because it's preparing the community for the next phase, what we're going into. And I think that it's important as a person raised in Holyoke, that we forget about our culture. The language is one thing, but the artistry of it is so different. And when you're not exposed to it because you're here on the mainland, to see these artists to come in and do these beautiful works of art on a grand scale, it is amazing. Ahead. We'll have live music Friday with the Fawns and enter the Wine Thunderdome to taste wines good for grilled foods. But up next, we continue our conversation with Mayor Joshua Garcia and Melvin Sanchez of Nueva Esperanza in honor of Fiestas Patronales de Holyoke happening now and all weekend long. You're listening to The Fabulous 413 on NEPM. Welcome back to The Fabulous 413. We're back with Holyoke Mayor Joshua Garcia and Melvin Sanchez, chairman of Fiestas Patronales de Holyoke, a festival celebrating the people, culture, and communities of South Holyoke and beyond. There are three days left of the festival, including tonight. Yep. Uh, we're not going to talk about the weather. But, <laughs> uh, what are some things that you are looking forward to that are coming up as part of Fiestas Patronales? Melvin? Well, for us, it's... When, when we bring an international artist that's been around the world that you've seen on TV and to come and play in downtown Holyoke, we as a city get lost in the shadow of everything else. You know, Massachusetts doesn't exist after Worcester. You know, we live in the shadow of Springfield or whatever the case may be. And to have them come to this town and this magnitude of artists comes here this show that we're putting together with the production, it is amazing. And for me, it's that culmination of all the year-long pro- uh, processing and figuring it out and to see the audience get there and to see the spectators and to see the vendors and that it comes together and it's a beautiful thing. To me, that's amazing. That's my goal. My, my my answer is much simple, and it's the food. Yeah, I was going to get to that, Mr. Mayor, because I want to know if I can get mofongo at this festival or what. Tell me about there some of the food. a combination of different food vendors that are there, available and ready to serve anybody that's hungry. The food is great. I love it. It's but, you know, to Melvin's, Melvin's point, the city of Hoyo has 
from as long as I remember growing up here, has always punched above its weight. I think, you know, we have an incredible amount of diversity in every corner of our city, a city of 40,000 people uh, that celebrates culture like nowhere else from the St. Patrick's Day to um, Polish festivities and, you know, other groups that we have here, events, family friendly, that people from anywhere can come and participate and visit. We do here in the city of Holyoke, the largest of which is St. Patrick's and now Fiesta Patronalis creeping uh, right behind it, if not already surpassed it. But again, it's, 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 you know, these are events that you see in metropolitan cities, right? Like when you, Hoyok, as you guys, I'm sure are very familiar in March, there's no other place to be, but in Hoyok. Yeah. We have people that come from around the world, from Ireland, that come to the Hoyok parade, not to the Boston parade, the Hoyok one. And now we have this Batronalis event that's right up there doing the same thing. You have people who organize these things in Hartford, in Boston, in uh, uh, other much larger cities than Holyoke, where we're breaking those sound barriers and they're like, what is going on in this little, <laughs> what's happening in Holyoke? And then people are making these comments saying, this has to be by far the best and biggest Puerto Rican festival. They make those comments and other festivals are like, you know, paying attention. Um, so I, I take a lot of pride in that, not just because I'm the mayor here, but I was born and raised here and I've experienced myself the stigma that this city and my community has, you know, from, you know, even when I went to college and I stand up and I said, hey, my name is Joshua Garcia and I'm from Holyoke. You kind of get the reaction. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's you know, I'm, I'm not no stranger to what people think and feel, but I, I always stand proudly and represent my city that's made me. And now to be in this position to bring it to a whole nother level. Um, so that I can show the world, look, you guys don't believe me. Let me show you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, really is a a statement that 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 we're sending for sure. Well, you just handed us our segue. Oh yeah. <laughs> Speaking of metropolitan areas, you were just named padrino of the Boston Puerto Rican Parade. How did that work out for so, you? It was wonderful, <laughs> and the committee that organizes it. Shout out to them. Uh, the Massachusetts, uh, the Puerto Rican Festival of Massachusetts Committee. When I became mayor and we had our first patronales, uh, which was only last year, yeah. we got their attention. And the organizers reached out to this office and said, hey, we want to come meet you. Uh-huh. And yeah. we did. I, I, a walking distance from my office is the Volleyball Hall of Fame and Nueva Esperanza. I reached out to the organization and to the Fiesta Patronales Committee and said, hey, they're coming. Can we host them and put a spread out at the Volleyball Hall of Fame and show them and show them the love that we have to offer for them? And they came down and we just built the strongest bond ever. And uh, when I got that message saying that they voted to make me the Padrino, I was very humbled by it. And um, we were able to get a contingency from Holyoke and Springfield because we also have the our friends in Springfield that do the Puerto Rican parade, they do it well. Mm-hmm. That's coming in September. Shout out mm-hmm. to our friends in Springfield. We reached out to them so that we can develop this Western Mass unity to go out there in Boston to put our presence there. And they're actually coming down here tomorrow on oh, um, nice. the committee. So we're we're connecting our communities across the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Uh, you know, we're making we're going to start building our relationship with our friends in Worcester, Central Mass. Uh, to really, again, showcase and elevate what our culture has to offer, its contributions to the economy here across the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. But again, 
I was very, I was filled with joy and a lot of pride and very humbled by it when I got the note that they made me the padrino of the Boston Parade. That is the mayor of Holyoke, Joshua Garcia, who has been instrumental in bringing this new but already huge festival to his city, the Fiestas Patronales de Holyoke. It's happening now through Sunday. We've also been joined by Melvin Sanchez, chair of the Fiestas Patronales Committee. I'm going to put in a request, Melvin, and it's only because the mayor was joking about how much I look like Pitbull earlier. 2024 Fiestas Patronales, Mr. Worldwide comes to play. 2025, yeah. Bad Bunny. Is that asking too much? <laughs> Monte, Monte, Monte. Don't give me a heart attack here. I, I don't want to break the city now. Uh, I don't just, think we can. All we're saying is that, that maybe of... maybe you just need a, a handful more sponsors and we can make yeah, this Yeah, let's happen. make it happen. Come on. Who doesn't want that to happen? That's not what I'm worried about. What I'm worried about is the people capacity. I mean, you know, as mayor, right? Like we're doing these events and I'm obviously very excited. I'm there every day from open to close. Deep down inside, I worry, right? right. Like I, I, you don't want to do it like that one festival where you shut down the bridge and you just had bands play can't, on the bridge? Can't you annex part of East Hampton or, you know? And I mean, bring they're not using that patch down by the river. Yeah. yeah I just try to, do I have enough security on staff? You know, like I don't want to stress <laughs> out local services, make sure we're able to respond to any emergency and that everybody leaves safely, right? That's always the ultimate goal for any mayor. And I can't imagine what somebody like Mr. Worldwide <laughs> and Bad Buddy would do to this city <laughs> if they ever came here. But that's not a no. It's not a no. <laughs> <laughs> We've already had some committee members really put out that, say, hey, we'd like to bring out Bad Bunny. And I said, well, you're probably waiting for another 10 to 15 years until his hotness cools down, <laughs> you know. And he's less expensive. Yeah. yeah. So then we can then talk to the mayor about some type of really funding. Why build a school? We can have bad money for that. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Can't do that. Oh, well, that seems like a terrible campaign point to me. Right, we advise right. against that. It's fun to dream, and it's been <laughs> it's so amazing to hear about how successful this has been uh, mm-hmm. already this year and only its second year, and how there's much more fun to happen throughout the course of the weekend. You can find out all the info on the fiesta, about the fiesta nuevaofholyoke.org, Nueva Esperanza's website and all the details there, the calendars there, what's going on, who's coming up, and great like food, great really music. Cool event room that you can just rent out and throw parties in, which is really nice. The Mercado is really cool. I DJed a queer prom there and it was just delightful. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, the Mercado, see the Mercado is a very special. There's a lot of history there and how that came to be and I admire the organization continuing its commitment to be sure they use it for nothing else but ongoing affordable options for the community that just needs space. But, you know, just so folks know, in our downtown, the event takes place in Heritage Park. We have our merry-go-round there. The Volleyball Hall of Fame is there and the Children's Museum is there. And we have great establishments people can visit from the plan to fame uh, to La Isla and um, our friends at Crave and you know, you could even pick up a little bit of weed at our two marijuana establishments downtown. <laughs> That's the mayor uh, of Holyoke. Can of provisions and, and Holyoke cannabis side by side right on Dwight Street. There you, you know, go. So we got a lot to offer. Mm-hmm.
You well, can go get your cannabis and go get a fried dota. I mean, it does it does sound delightful to be honest. Just like a pile of rellenos. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Melvin Sanchez, the chair of the Fiestas Patronales Committee and the mayor of Holyoke, Joshua Garcia. Thank you both so much for joining us. I can't wait to stop by the festival after we leave the show today. Seriously. <laughs> well, thank you. Bring an umbrella just in case. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. Good thing. <laughs> Coming up, live music Friday with the Fawns who are here in the studio. But first we drink. Time to set the Thunderdome on fire with Wines for Grilling and the folks at State Street in Northampton. You're listening to the Fabulous 413 on NEPM. There was a whole like jousting joke to like I've just been it's been a barrage. I'm fe- starting to feel like the farmlands of Western Mass underneath the weight of these dad jokes. We were talking to the U- the Massachusetts Renaissance Fair. And they were like, yeah, and the people that are putting on the jousting, they're a family from Maryland, and they go and do this full time. And I was like, wow, it's hard to find full time jousting work. Usually, you got to freelance. Oh, and I was like, come on, that was a good joke. That actually is kind of a good joke. <laughs> well timed. Not it was well not done. a good joke. Here's the big question, Yankee Sippa. You took your fiance to Beyonce. I'm actually lucky my fiance took me to Beyonce. And oh, it yeah. was amazing. Gillette Stadium. Gillette Stadium. Yes, Tuesday night. It is such sensory overload and such an amazing huge show that you leave there like you're like what just happened to me and then you have to go back and watch the concert like on other on instagram and stuff because you can't remember everything that's happened i'm telling everyone i got i feel like i got roofied by a giant disco ball (laughs) (laughs) beyonce has ruined all other concerts for me the only thing i can compare it to is seeing old footage of tina turner because tina turner was the best dancer was the best singer sung the hardest and it's still that way nobody is working harder than she is on stage well, it just so happens we're in the Tina Turner Memorial Wine Thunderdome. And she did do a Tina Turner song, too. She did Up River Steep Mountain High. She did uh, sneak that in. That's like my favorite Tina Turner song. Yeah. But we're in the Tina Turner Memorial Wine Thunderdome, deep below State Street Fruit Store Deli Wines and Spirits, with the wine son and the Yankee Sippa who went to go see Beyonce this week. And what are we drinking there, wine son, who crashed our wine Thunderdome at Joe's oh, with I Table and Vine last week? I did. What a fun little uh, surprise that was. <laughs> <laughs> go Thunderdome. You, you didn't want to go, oh, hello. Hello. Uh, I see you're cheating on us. Pizza and wine. I see. This is awkward. I did feel like I was cheating on you and that you caught me because we used to do this exclusively. And then Michael Quinlan did say that he felt so jealous every week when he would hear us talking when I was on the river. But, you know, turnabout is fair play. So what are we drinking? We are. We are going to drink reds to go with your grill. To go with the things you make on your grill. Don't eat your grill. Yeah, don't eat your grill. What are we going to drink with grilling? All right, so we're going to go with one wine from a country that is obsessed with beef. That is uh, Argentine Malbec. And uh, we're going to go with a California Zinfandel because I like to recommend such things. I also think the U.S. is obsessed with beef. Yes. You ever heard that Sam Elliott commercial where he mentions all the different types of beef? Beef stroganoff. Beef bourguignon, Irish beef stew, beef brisket, Chateaubriand. For the beef, it's what's for dinner commercial? Oh. I hope not. It's just yeah. hilarious. It is. Sauerbraten, roast beef, Catalonian beef ragu, Mongolian beef. So which one are we going to start with? Uh, we're going to start with the drier of the two. This is the Benegas Estate Malbec from the Guadalajara area of Argentina. That's not how you say that. It's Guatayari. You're always so close. There's but so there's... many letters there. Guatayari. That's a double it. L, so it's a yeah. Y. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like a Y. It's 
smells like blood and iron. The bloody iron is blown off some, and now it's getting into something more like Ooh. dark cherry. Yeah, a little chocolatey. Smells boozy, too. I bet mm -hmm. this is 14-15% alcohol just by yeah. smelling it. Yeah, you know, with that pl yeah. plus or minus 1%. Yeah. Yeah. Coming yeah. in hot. And it's pretty, too. Yeah, it's super dark. Yeah. yeah. Malbec was another one of those. Argentinian Malbec was one of the ones where, like, I went from Zinfandel, that kind of brought me down the road to wine snobbery and then I think soon thereafter jumped to Malbec for a long time. Well that was also the period of time that we're talking about so you know your your road to wine snobbery really started somewhere around 2008-2009 and Argentine Malbec was the king of the castle at that particular moment in time. If you had started five or six years earlier you would have had an obsessive Australian Shiraz phase first. Wow! This wine on the palate is austere yes <laughs> but what it does not have which is usually one thing i do not like about argentinian malbecs is a huge vegetal note and green mm. pepper note this does not have that oh no is the green pepper thing come from the time of harvest that's what i've come to. like if they harvest it young that it tastes a little bit more green yeah or if it hasn't ripened enough on the vine mm -hmm. which you know in south america their their climate doesn't change very much from month to month, year to year. Wait till uh, we have our way so with it. So are it's we expecting coming. it to get better because everything is warming up? Well, lots of other parts of the world, vintage is gonna have a really big impact on a wine from year to year, whereas from Argentina in particular, South America at large, we don't really worry about vintage too much. You really worry about what the winemaker is bringing to the table. That pyrazine, green pepper, vegetal note can really come out, especially in less expensive wines from that area. We tried this a few months ago before we brought it into the store and we're really impressed with it and just thought, oh, here's a wine that's actually worth how you many, know, what we're charging for. How many cows, cows how many cows are on the, I don't know. Yeah, we can go back to the dead presidents. Yeah, oh, yeah right. How, how many cows? Yeah. <laughs> it's a beef show. <laughs> it's what's for dinner. Chicken fried steak, steak Diane. Grilled steaks balsamico, hamburgers. He somehow says beef in a way that makes it sound like he's rolling it around in his tongue. Oh, yeah. Beef. Yeah. It's oh. what's for dinner. Yeah. Beef. It's what's for dinner. He put the O back in there for, yeah. like, from yes. the French. Do you like buff? Buff. Buff. We're going to get a lot of Sam Elliott in this one. Uh. He's like a local hero. He filmed a movie here. He he's says been, my, so he's been Alec in Western Baldwin, though. I mean, come on. He said my name. Yeah, after you gave him a list of things and he was like, I'm just going to do this easy one at the bottom. I don't actually want to keep talking. I gave him a whole list of things to say in a Sam Elliott voice that I thought would be fun to hear, like, the tumor is benign. <laughs> Bungalow. <laughs> he just, he like skipped over all those and went right to the, right to the shameless plug. I just as soon do the one on the bottom and let it go at the... Oh, you got it. Mornings with Monty. It's only got a tiny bit of fruit, but it's like a nice amount of fruit. It's like fruit leather. Yeah. Beef jerky. Beef jerky. Beef with broccoli. Beef burritos. Like you said, austere is a good name, yeah, but yeah. like it was like this. Austere, it's beef wine. I just keep them coming, keep man. Oh my god, I need to eat a piece of pork. It's been a particularly bad week for this. I'm gonna eat a piece of pork. I'm taking the red one. We've got. I don't need other words. Everybody heard my stare. Everybody heard your steer? Is that another beef oh wrangling gosh. reference? No, it is not. A steak bun. That's a rare medium well done. It's the perfect dad joke. Oh. Wineson, you, you brought okay. pork from your grill. I did. I made some pork line. Speaking of shameless plugs, I took a dry rub from Local Burger, which is phenomenal. Sh shameless plug. Shameless plug. 
that's all I put on it, and I cooked it six minutes aside. It should go pretty well with it's these ones. It's going great with this. I think it goes great with it, too. You wouldn't think Malbec is oftentimes kind of, in my mind, too big for pork. Yeah. I was yeah. like, that Malbec's going to clobber that pork. I don't know. Mm, yeah, I don't think it does no. at all. No, I think it's really I nice think with it. I this Malbec is so elegant, and again, it doesn't have the big vegetal green pepper note. Mm. The Malbec speaks for itself, and the pork, it's allowing them to just get along. This is probably one of the most sophisticated Argentinian Malbec I think I've had. Especially for the price. I, you know. I kind of haven't had an Argentinian Malbec in a long time a because long time. I, it was yeah, like was a thinking, phase I, that I, I came out of. I kind of avoid them. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Yeah. They were my gateway wine for a while. All the ones that I had that vegetal, a bit of that vegetal note and were much softer than this. Like yeah. def- definitely not jammy. as... They're more jammy. And the fruit on it was just like, oh, yeah, enough. Speaking the, of jammy. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's like, speaking of jammy, there's this other, this Californian thing over here. Wine number two. Yes. Another so, grilling wine. Speaking Ooh. of uh, gateway wines, one of my earliest loves was Zinfandel before I trekked over across the pond to Italian and French wines and really fell in love with wine. My first love was California's Infandel. And this is a great one. This is, uh, speaking of Italy, uh, this is Segazio's Infandel. There is still a Segazio family producing and making wine in Italy, and they are actually related to these folks, but the companies are unrelated. So these folks came to Lodi in 1895 and started planting grapes, probably the Primitivo that they brought with them from Italy, which of course also came by way of Croatia under some other name. Uh, none of the wine snobs like know how to say. We talked about this with Michael like, Quinlan. Like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. That was my best effort. Baltic languages are difficult. Yes. yes. It's okay. Lots of blueberry notes on the nose here. Very typical stewed fruit. Probably equally high in alcohol as the uh, Benegas, which we did not actually identify. 14.9 on the Malbec. I totally called it. <laughs> this one is lower. I think it's 13.5. 15 even, it says. Whoa! Yay! So this masks it very well, then. And this is Sonoma. I misspoke myself. I, I said Lodi because that's where so many Zinfandels are from. But this is actually a Sonoma Zinfandel. To me, this doesn't have the instant barbecue burnt sugar thing that a lot of times Zinfandels have. There's something a little bit smoother. Uh, their most razzle dazzly, but like I'm kind of over it, are like barbecue potato chips. Yeah. There's a black pepper thing happening here yeah. that I like. This is a lot smoother and more elegant than a lot of California's Invendels I've had. I really like this. This is definitely one of our favorites. Yeah. Uh, Yankee Sippa and I recommend this all the time. And I happen to get a good taste of the dry rub on the, uh, the mm-hmm. pork loin here. And so I think with the dry rub in particular, it goes really nicely. That's the beauty of wine, is trying it with so many different things and seeing what works and what doesn't. It's like that scene in Ratatouille when he's explaining how the flavors combine to make some totally new thing. Each flavor was totally unique, but combine one flavor with another and something new was created. And if you don't enjoy the adventure of it, you're really missing out on half of your wine. If you enjoy the movie Ratatouille, you're really missing out because that movie is such a fabulous commentary on like restaurants and even Anthony Bourdain said so. I mean Rakakuni? Yeah, Rakakuni. Rakakuni. It's like that movie. Rakakuni. What? Rakakuni. You know the one with the chef and he makes bad food. Pui. And then this raccoon sit on his head. Control him and then he cooks good food. Do you mean Ratatouille? Ratatouille? I like that movie. It's an everything everywhere all at once reference. Oh my God, I love Rakakuni so much. I kind of want to dress up as Rakakuni for Halloween. Wouldn't it be fun to get a dead raccoon and put it on your head? Oh my God. They're easy to come by. I see them every day. They're on the road all the time. You are not even a full glass of wine in. (laughs) My creative juices are stirring. 
Wine Sons pork loin is pretty solid. Oh, yeah, I love pretty it. Delicious. Pretty delicious. Your loins are so solid. Oh, my God. I revert right back to my old ways when I'm here, though. I know. It's kind of amazing. Well, this is the real you. <laughs> Don't let him fool you. <laughs> He's trying to fool me. <laughs> okay, we've tasted mm. the Malbec from Argentina, the Benegas. We've tasted the Zinfandel from Sonoma. My vote is for the Benegas, the Malbec. And I'm a little bit surprised because I love the Zinfandel, but I love it. I'm gonna say I love the Benegas, the pairing, like you said, with the fatty parts of the meat and the spices. The Zinfandel is almost too rich for me with this meat. And I'm surprised at it because I actually, I love the Zinfandel. I vote for the Benegas. Neither one of these wines wound up overpowering the pork loin, which is great. This is actually a really hard decision for me. I. I'm going to go with my roots. I'm going to stay with the Zinfandel. One for one. You ready to make a decision, Khalees, or do you want to be the, the final decision? I'll be the final decision. My vote is the Benegas Malbec from Argentina. It is reserved. It's beautiful and delicious. For Zinfandel, which I have fallen out of love with, right. this Zinfandel is excellent. But if I have to choose between these two, I want more of the Malbec. The final arbiter of taste. Khalees Smith, the final arbiter of taste. Renaissance Fair version of this song. <laughs> Which we played earlier. We played. We played. Does it have to be like a loot? Yeah, no, it, it is. It's it is a loot. loot. If I was ever gonna go to something like that, it would be that giant field at the Covington Fair. Like it seems like the perfect place. Okay, so I think I like the Malbec better with the pork, but I like the Zinfandel better on its own. So I think maybe we just have a hung jury. We'll call it a draw. Oh, oh, I see. Running away. Where does that leave us, Monty? Officially, your vote is the Zinfandel, though, right? Officially, my vote is the Zinfandel. So we're hung. Hung. Has that happened? No, I mean, no, this is the first it, time. It has. It has. It has. It has. Wait. But then we had somebody, like, the last time that it happened, we brought in a ringer. Yeah. Maybe oh, Michael Quinlan will crash this one, there. and then we'll get him to vote. Right. <laughs> wait, do you have, a, wait, do you have a, a coin to flip? I do. do. At first, I thought that was an AA coin. <laughs> Wait, does someone drop that in the store? Happens anyway. Can I pay with this? No. no. Sweet, All right, flip can't. a coin. We can't tell you how much this coin is worth because right. it's public radio. That's true. I can tell you that it is a bicentennial coin from my birth year. And who's, oh, on, that's and who's on it? Eisenhower. Eisenhower. Yeah. yeah, Eisenhower. Zinfandel is heads and Malbec is tails. Fair enough. Tails. Yes. Never fails. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not disappointed. It work. They both right. work. They both work in different ways. Two wines enter. One, One wine leaves. Thank you, President Eisenhower. What a good guy. I like Ike. I mean, except for that whole like redlining 95 thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Eisenhower is a better Democrat than most of the Democrats now. <laughs> Coming up, live music Friday with the Fawns here in the studio. You're listening to the Fabulous 413 on NEPM. Welcome back to the Fabulous 413. It's Bandcamp Friday. No, it's Live Music Friday. It is both huzzah. With us are the Fonz, who have been a Valley music scene staple for 20 years, we found out while we were chatting, and who will take the stage at the Florence Civic Center for a free concert on August 10th. Welcome to the studio, Henning Olenbush. Thank you. Lisa Bezos. And Ken the Fury Muri. <laughs> Let's start with songs. Let's do a song. Two, three, four. 
have a high school party. Everyone was looking pretty. Everyone was feeling silly. We are both, some with smiles, some with props, and some with wigs, and some with friends. And then we watched games go by as they told the story of our crazy night. At a party, was a high school party. In the room, down the hall, and I really should have kissed him after all. Now I know, I know why, that the only thing that stopped me is I'm shy. Fabulous 413 with Lisa Bezos, who I called Lisa Bezos before because I think I was in Spanish kisses mode. Yes. Henning Olenbush <laughs> and Ken the Fury Murray. 20 years as a band yeah. in uh, Western Mass. Are there songs that you played in the first Fonz show that are still on the Fonz playlist now? Yes. Uh, Make Me Sad is uh. a song that we uh, played. That, that was on like one of the first ones written, and it, we still play it today, which is... Kind of surprising to me, but I <laughs> 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 was still playing the same songs from back then. Yeah. But. A little bit nervous, which I think was one of the first songs you wrote, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit nervous was a I, uh, Valentine's Day gift to Henning. Aww. Yeah. What? I called in sick to work. <laughs> I didn't have any money, and I had no present for him, and it was our first Valentine's Day together. So I called in sick to work, and I sat down at a four track, and I wrote that song, and then that's. That's it. That's it. Adorable. <laughs> it is adorable. So, did the band come first, or did the um, the romance come first? The romance came first, right? Yes. <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we were trying to think because Henning is also in a band called uh, was called Gentle oh, Hen. Now Gentle Hen. What's called? Yeah, something yeah. else. But that that and that band predates the Fonz, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. By a couple of years. Yeah. So it's funny when these timelines get so long that you can't, you know, can't remember it all. I barely remember anything. <laughs> Although I am curious what made Ken laugh over here when we were asking about it. It was a not good for radio thing, but Henning just did this kind of motion. Like, when you're like, what came first, the romance or the band? He just kind of went like this. <laughs> he pointed back and forth. His finger very yeah. casually. Very <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> Tell us about the Florida Civic Center uh, and those that series of free events and, and why you're doing it. Yeah, really? Uh, the uh, porch, the f music on the front 
Porch, Music on the Porch series, I think they call it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's great. We've been doing it for a lot of years, uh, although it has been a few years since we did it. And, uh, you know, people just come around. They bring their folding chairs. There's uh, food there. I think there's going to be a truck that serves crepes. Oh. Not grapes. Crepes. Oh, yeah. That crepe truck seat. is awesome. Yeah, we, we yeah. saw them at uh, Valley View Farm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It would be nice if there was a grape truck, too, but maybe just like a little kid with a wagon full of grapes. Some of the good. things that are in the crepes are grapes. Oh, there's grapes in the crepes. Yeah. Great. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we just play, I think, from 6.30 to 8, yeah. we're playing. And we will be a full band. Uh, Max Germer and Brian Marchese will be there along with us. Max will be playing the bass, which Ken is playing today. Ken's just filling in on that. But normally he plays uh, keyboards and sometimes guitars. Ken can play anything. You guys were even playing the, um, the, the doorway entry sound from the State Street Wine Tasting. <laughs> <laughs> That is the fall. It doesn't stop being funny. It's funny every time. And the, they are playing the Florence Civic Center free concert next Thursday, August 10th. Let's hear one more from the Fonz. Okay, this is called Looking for a Friend. It's from our latest EP, TLA. i 
That is the Fonz on Live Music Friday. Not like Arthur Fonzarelli, because I know if you would just listen to it, it's Fonz like the baby deer. But you are truly musical staples after these 20 years as a band. Lisa Bezo, Henning Owen Bush, Ken Murray. Thanks so much for playing for us today. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having us. Of course. And quick reminder that their EP is up on Bandcamp on their Bandcamp page. It is Bandcamp Friday, the day that Bandcamp waives all its fees. So if you feel so inclined, maybe check out the platform and support a local artist. And see them for free at the Florence Civic Center next Thursday. Next week, we're taking the fabulous 413 back to Tanglewood. Do we get to interview John Williams? Maybe. But we will be joined by our Tanglewood correspondent, Boston Pops conductor Keith Lockhart. And maybe if you have as many questions for the maestros as we have, send them our way, thefab413 at nepm.org. Our director is Tony, pushing off the Legos, done. Our engineer is Bart, big tall of burning gas, Brankin. Our technical team is Betsy, in need of a field trip, Lankto, and Kara, still gone, alas, Foster, as well as punk, rude boy, Dubay. I'm Khalees Smith. I'm Monty Belmonte. We'll see you on Monday on the Fabulous 413. Un día se divorciaron sin ninguna razón Y la hermanita mía se quedó con mi madre Mientras yo con mi padre fui a vivir